Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. This is Mike Sandler with Cape Fear Men, and I thank you for joining us today as we have another great discussion about ministering to men and what we can do to reach the men of our local, uh, local churches where our sphere of influence. We like to talk to men who have a veterous interest in helping men to be the men God has called us all to be. And today I have Thomas McMillan with me. Thomas is a frequent speaker with Iron Sharpens Iron. In fact, I'm I am glad and pleased to uh, let everyone know that he's going to be with us down here in North Carolina this spring, uh, being one of our keynote speakers and doing some breakout sessions for us. And I'm really looking forward to having you with us, Thomas. How about you? You glad you, hey, you ready to yeah, come to some warm good. climate? <laughs> warm climate and, and listen, some a warm climate and some Carolina barbecue. Oh my gracious! Okay, I yeah. hope we can. I hope we can do that for you. Some Carolina barbecue. Thomas, yeah, Thomas is up in the New England area, uh, so that's the reason why we're joking a little bit about uh, the warm climate. But uh, yeah, we're, yes. we're we're thankful to have him with us uh, this coming spring. But let's get right into our discussion, Thomas. Um, what do you think is the uh, something that men's ministry leaders need to be aware of? as they engage their men, and I know that's a broad topic, but if you mm -hmm. can just keep it to uh, a couple of minutes here as we, we continue on, what does what our men's ministry leaders in our local churches need to be aware of as they begin to engage the men in their local church? Yeah, Mike, I, I tell you what, I would answer that. First, before I give, answer the question, I give you a little bit of context here. I've uh, been in men's ministry in one shape or form for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. So what my answer 40 years ago might have been a little bit different. My answer 20 years, I know it would have been different. Uh, but my answer today is the hill that I will die on. And I'm just sold that this is reality. Number one, we got to get men connect. You got to get men connected. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to get men out of caves. Isolation. You know, it's in, one of the scriptures I use a lot when I'm speaking to men is Genesis chapter two. I believe it's verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone so the first problem in creation was not sin it was solitude right so and it hasn't changed the biggest challenge with men's with with people in general and men specifically is isolation we got to get men connected uh the other thing and, and there's a lot to be said there the other thing along with that is we have to understand and this is huge that men get connected differently. Men get connected based on where they're at in life on their spiritual journey. So what connects, um, so, you know, one of the things we know is that the, there are four different types of men that we deal with in the church. There's a lost man. There's a cultural Christian, one foot in the church, one foot outside the church. We have the biblical Christian, the growing Christian, and then we have the servant leader. All four of those men, right? That, that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. All four of those men connect differently. Uh, their on their on ramps to relationship in the church is different. So an on ramp for a lost man is going to be different than an on ramp for 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 a servant leader. You know, if you're going to have a you know if you want to connect with with lost men, you probably don't want to start with a Bible study on Revelations, <laughs> right? So you, yeah. you, 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 you have to remember that different men are at different places in their life in different seasons. So we have to be sensitive to that. But at the end of the day, one thing all four of those men have in common, they all need connection. They all want to. And here's the thing. 
men want to be connected. I think that one of the great misnomers and one of the great things that we don't understand in the church is that men want to be isolated. No, men want connection. Men love hanging out. Men love and do, men love doing life together. Together, but uh, we have to be intentional about getting men connected. Yeah, men are kind of a lot of times when men get together and do things. It's kind of on superficial level, isn't it? You know, yes. it's it's you know, what did you do this week? You know, did you get that big deer and that kind of stuff? And they don't really get into the meat. Let me ask you this question. I want your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the difference? And you, you you were talking about the types of men. What is the difference between a biblical Christian and a cultural Christian? Yeah. Yeah, the 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 kind of the low shelf answer is a biblical Christian, their focus is about God and me. Mm-hmm. A cultural Christian, their focus is about me and God. Uh, both men have a connection and feel desire to uh, growing to to connect to their spiritual walk, but for the biblical Christian, there really is a focus of God first, me second. For the cultural Christian, it's more about me first and God second. So, and even if I if I could if I could bounce back to the other thing you just mentioned, Mike, is that when it comes to uh, connection, yeah, men love I love men love what I call the MHL, the Ministry of Hanging Out. The thing we yes. need to understand is one thing. The here's, here's what I'm learning is that. To get men from from the cultural Christian to the biblical Christian uh, uh, walk, it requires connection. It, it takes connection first. It takes relationship first. So that's why I kind of said it that way to you know because for me when I when I was raised in in you know when I was raised in men's ministry, you know it was all about. Uh, Bible study is all about connecting on a spiritual level. It's all about growing in my faith. It's all about becoming a better father and a better husband. It was all about that. But the reality is for most men, first, we need to make that connection relationally before we can get to that next step. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what I, what I see. Yeah. 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 And that's true. And, And how can we do that? How can we get men to take that next step? Yeah. You know, I tell you what I've been seeing and it's interesting because it's interesting because I've kind of I've been seeing it really kind of firsthand for the past three years based on some of the things that are going on around me in men's ministry. It does start with connection. So finding a good a good connecting point. So a couple of things we've done up here. Let me tell you about a couple of things we've done up here. One at my at my church where I oversee our men's ministry activity. We have some great ideas. We've had some great ideas and some great events and some great things we've done to get men connected. So one thing we did, I'll tell you about one of them. One thing we did a couple of months ago was a burger tour. B-U-R, hamburger. Burger as in hamburger. So we did a burger tour. So what we did is we signed up. We had 27 guys sign up for the event. And what we did is we split split that group into three different groups. And each group went to a different hamburger place for three off. Uh, uh, we just, we did this for three weeks. Each group went to a different hamburger place each week, did a little competition, voted on who had the best hamburger. But at the end of the day, all it was, was an opportunity for men who didn't know each other to get to know each other. Yeah. And out of that, and this event was a while ago. And out of that, there were relationships that were developed and connections that were developed that, that are fostering, that are really flourishing even to this day. So a lot of it, we do need to be a little, we need to be a little creative 
in, in, in understanding that, you know, men do want to connect, but here's the thing. When it comes to connection, women need an excuse. Men need a reason. So we, if you're going to get men, if we're going to gather men, we have to have a reason. And eating burgers is a good reason to, <laughs> to connect. So that's one of the things I've been finding is, is, is that uh, if you find good on-ramps, good things that men are interested in, if you can just provide an atmosphere where they can get to know other men, where they can connect with other brothers in Christ, who they can do life with, good things will happen. Yeah, yeah, and we and we need those. I mean, and, and all these things that we talk about, having these events and so forth, they're good stuff. But so often our our, our churches will just do the event, and they don't right. think beyond the event. You know, what yes. what can I what can I do to entice these guys, encourage these guys to to move beyond just gathering together? It's like I told somebody this weekend. I was at a church this weekend speaking, and I was talking to the men's leader there, and and um, and. He was talking about the breakfasts that they have. And I said, well, you know, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That's super. That gets you guys together. But if all you're doing is getting you guys together to have breakfast, it's just a breakfast gathering. That's right. It's that's not right. really one much of the, ministry. <laughs> that's right. You know, and you're right, Mike. And one of the thing, one of the keys to any event is to have the next step. So yeah. out of each event, there needs to be a next step. Now, that next step can be a couple of different things. That next step could be uh, getting men connected to a Bible study that one of your leaders is run. That next step could be getting getting a man connected to a ministry in the church that one of the other brothers are involved in. So you, you do have to have a, a, a natural next step from the from whatever event you run. You have to have a natural next step or a natural next event to kind of, you know, having been with, involved with Man in the Mirror Ministries, and I know you talked to my buddy Chris Rondo uh, a, a while ago. Uh, Man in the Mirror is very big on the concept cre of create, capture, and sustain. And I think Chris yes. might have talked about it a little bit, yes. right? Where you create, event, you create an event that has some value, but you sustain, but you capture the momentum from that event by having a natural next step for the men to take yes. in the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah. Um, basically what, you know, the way I was taught and trained and mentored and however you want to say it was don't ever have a men's event or even a couple's event, you know, where you're doing like a married, uh, married marriage event. Uh, don't ever have any kind of an event where men are involved that you don't have something that you can put before them to take that next step. Uh, that is something very important to it. And, and, and I think he said something at the very beginning of our discussion, talking about the types of studies that you have some, you know, some, so often some, some of the guys who, who are, we'll, we'll just call them deep theologians in the church. Uh, they think what we got to do is have that deep Bible study, you know, you know dive yes. deep into the words and understand yes. the Greek and the Hebrew and, and all of the ramifications of that, that brings to it. And that's going to draw men into the studies. And that's not necessarily the case, is it, Thomas? No, it's not. It's not. You know, I have a pretty, I have a, I have a, a pretty simple uh, pastoral philosophy. And that's this, it's, that is, that is not the deep, confusing, hard to understand, uh, can't get a grip on truths of the Bible that get us in trouble. It's the easy to understand, simple scriptures that we don't apply. Mm -hmm. You know, I, so I, I tend to agree with you, you know, 
it's not depth, it's not depth of depth of biblical knowledge that's important. It's really understanding just the simple truths of, of scripture and, and learning to apply them in a very, very practical way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the, there's also, like I said, there is that that there is that challenge of, of of balance. So balance is the key to life. So you do need to be intentional, intentional, I'm sorry, about guys spiritual growth and guys growing in character and guys being challenged as men and and guys being understanding the importance of transforming their lives to look more and more like Jesus every day. We need we do need to balance that with just connection. You know, my wife had an interesting concept. Yeah, she, she you know, my wife is brilliant. She makes me look like I'm really like like I know what I'm doing. But anyway, uh, yeah, mine knows. <laughs> you know, for my wife, I don't know if I'd be able to do what I do. <laughs> I, said, I got enough time. I got enough trouble getting dressed in the morning. But anyway, uh, she came with she came with this great this great observation is that some men's ministry is like Cheers. Have you ever you remember the show Cheers? I don't oh, remember yeah. the show. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and so if you stop at the, so Cheers was a great show because it was about people connecting. But what happened is people would connect and they'd go home and nothing in their life changed. Right. So they go home, go to the bar, have some beers, have some laughs. But their life would still be the train wreck that when they left, their, their life was the same train wreck that it was when they showed up. Right. And sometimes men's ministry, if all you're doing is connecting, really what you have is what I call a Cheers ministry. This is a ministry where yeah, you, you hang around each other, but nobody's growing. No one's getting mobilized to do kingdom work. No one's entering their call as believers. So it is important that we have that balance of knowing that men do need to connect, but we also need to lean into the importance of men growing in their character and growing in their faith. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of the theme song of that show where it talks about everybody knows your name. So, and and, and right. that, that's what happens a lot of times in ministering to men or men's ministry is that you do things where everybody gets to know your name, yes. but they don't get to know you. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is, you know, another thing about men's ministry, Mike, when you mentioned that, men's, uh, you know, the church is such an untapped resource and put uh, uh, a source of potential uh in the church so many men and one of the things i try to get men i try to speak into is the importance of men getting mobilized and men getting uh mobilized into the area of giftedness and using their gifts for kingdom work using their gifts in ministry using their gifts because you know, it, it can't, like I said, it can't stop at, it can't stop at connection. It also can't stop at spiritual growth either. Somewhere along the line, we have to get men mobilized and men getting involved and men using their gifts that God has given them uh, to uh, advance the kingdom and to get involved in kingdom work, to get involved in work that that, that will last and, 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 and will uh, make fruit uh, for the long term. So, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, one of the conversations I've had here over the last few weeks is about the situation that as a believer, as a as a child of God, um, he's called he has called us into various aspects of ministries. And in that call, he has also gifted you to 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 uh, uh, implement that call. And of course, he right. wants to send you wherever that may be. And a lot of times when we talk about sending People get this idea, he's sending us across the ocean into a foreign country somewhere or some 
um, or, or into the slums of, of the cities and that kind of stuff. And that's not necessarily the case. It could be to your next door neighbor that he's sending right. you to. And, right. but how do we, how do we help men to help them to understand that God has called you into a particular task and he has gifted you for that task? I know I've, I've heard guys tell me I'm not gifted in anything. And I, and I look at them and say, if you're a child of God, you God's given you some kind of a gift. So how do, how do I break that barrier? Yeah, a couple of things on that, Mike. One thing that I encourage men to do, particularly men who are leaders, I encourage them to do something once a day, one something once a month, and something once a quarter. And one thing I encourage them to do once, a, well, I encourage them to do once a day is to write a note of encouragement to someone. What I encourage men to do once once a month is to is to I should say I'm sorry once a day text a note of encouragement to someone. Once a month, write, physically write a handwritten note of encouragement to someone. And once a quarter, once a quarter, tell somebody about a gift that you see in them that they don't see in themselves. Because one of the challenges we have in the church is people have giftings and they don't even know it. Because to them, when you're operating in your gift, when you're operating in a God-given gift, you don't even know it. I mean, it just comes by nature. It comes naturally. You know, it is it, it's 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 uh, it's given by the Holy Spirit. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you just kind of do things naturally, and doesn't feel like a big deal. People need to be told, particularly men. Men need to be told that their gift and what they do well is a big deal, right? I tell people all the time, I am terrible when it comes to fixing anything. I do not have the gift. I have the gift of destruction. I don't have the. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have Ikea's down there, or one of those places where you get those little things that you build, little cabinets and, and, teeth and, and TV cabinets and things like that. You give me a box with instructions like that, my head starts to hurt. I, I can't build anything. But I know guys who are just gifted at that. You know, and, and I tell guys, listen, man, you, we got we got to use this in, king, in kingdom work somehow. You have a gift here. So I encourage people, especially men, men who are leaders, once a quarter, tell somebody about a gift that they have. You know, just 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 make that part of you. Like tell somebody about a gift that they have so that they can they can see it and get it used in the kingdom. So first and foremost, we need to encourage one another in that area. Well, you know, discipling is a key thing in, in men's ministry, too. I don't think we've really touched on subject on that particular subject and is getting men into understanding the role of being in a discipling relationship. I know from my own personal personal testimony, many, many years ago, I had a man tap, tap me on the shoulder and, and invited me to join him and a couple of other guys um, to do a walk through the Bible, basically. And that was my first mm -hmm. experience of being discipled. And I spent three years with that gentleman and I learned more in those three years than I did all the years I've been in the church before because of yeah. the way that's done, pouring your life into each other. And that's a hard thing to do is get guys to understand that importance. I mean, Jesus set the example with his disciples, his 12 disciples and the three, Peter, James and John, that he pulled in closure. He set that example. That's a difficult thing to do to get guys into that kind of a relationship, isn't it? And how do how, it how, is? What, and, and how do we encourage our leaders to stay on task, stay on that task of, of getting guys to understand the importance of that? 
It is. You know, a couple of things, you know, again, getting back to Man in the Mirror, one of the, the philosophies of Man in the Mirror is long-term, low pressure. Understand that the discipling process is a long-term process. Right. And you really, Mike, you really have to deserve the right, or you have to qualify for the right to speak into a man's life. And that takes patience and that takes time. No, when Paul, when he writes a description of, of love in, a, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the first thing he says is that love is patient. And if we're, gonna, if we're going to disciple a man, we need to love a man. And for us to love them, we have to be patient with them. Right. We have to understand that, number one, we have to understand that they have to develop or a, a hunger in them has to develop. Uh, for, yes. for the things of God, for words of word of God. And that's a hunger. And a lot of things will feed that hunger. I mean, disaster will feed that hunger. Disappointment will feed that hunger. Understanding that you can have better can feed that hunger. Good examples can feed that hunger. But that takes time and there's just no way around it. So we have to have a level of patience. First, we have to love men. And part of that, we have to have a level, a level of patience with them. The other thing we have to, I think, it's just so important that we let men go at their own pace and just reflect on our own lives, on what it took for us to get to where we to get to where God got us. Because one thing I think everyone, if, if you're a leader on this, watching this call, here's one thing I know is you, you the finished product that you are now, you're not a finished product, but the product that you are now, you are not 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, so, so it takes time in, in, you know, men's ministry is rock. It is rocket science. It really oh, it, is. It, it yeah. really is. It really is. <laughs> I, I told, I told somebody uh, this weekend that um, men's ministry is one of the hardest ministries you'll ever do in the church. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, and, you know, it's interesting what you were talking about. It, it takes time. The guys got to be hungered for it. I was, mm -hmm. I was, Sometime back, I was talking to a, to a gentleman who was wanting to start a, a series and he invited three or four guys to join him uh, to meet with them. And he was telling me about it and, and I encouraged him. And then when it happened, you only have one guy show up. And mm -hmm. then he told me, he said, and I just canceled. I said, if I only got one guy show up, I, I just canceled that meeting. And I looked at him and said, it's that one guy that you needed to minister to. That one guy showed a hunger. He showed a he showed a desire to know somebody. And if you take time to to pour your life into that one guy, who knows what he may have done to these other ones that didn't show up into the rest of your church? Amen. Amen. You know, and I tell you, along with that, as 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 leaders, if we're going to take and, and accept the mantle of leadership, we have to understand that a big part of that is stewardship. In 1 Corinthians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 2, I believe, says that it is vital that, that stewards be found faithful. Yes. So our call is to be faithful. So if, even if just one guy shows up, we need, to, we need to be faithful to that one or two guys. And I, my, my personal spiritual journey has been that God would send me the one to see how faithful I would be with the one before he sent me a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the way and we do it reverse. You know, we, we, we plan these events, you know, well, let's just take the simple thing of a, of a Saturday morning breakfast. We plan the Saturday morning mm -hmm. breakfast. We may have a hundred men in our church. So we expect a hundred men to show up and then only 10 show up and you get disappointed and you stop. Yeah. That's where you start at those 10 men. Right. 
and right. and uh and so so many times we have this grandeur of all these men starting to come into the ministry when only a few come and right. we talk about we talk about also about the process of pouring into those lives encouraging them to go and speak to others and you develop that multiplication process and yeah. and and who knows one day you may have 100 guys show up for your breakfast and it's because Amen. of those guys born into other people. <laughs> and so that's so important. And it, you know, it's almost like you know, one another thing I'm, I've, I've learned, Mike, is you're better served pouring into one or two guys, oh, yeah. uh, really, so that you can build a team oh, yeah. to do even more. Because because you know, again, it usually, if you want to if you want to build a, a strong men's ministry, you can't do it on your own. You really need other people. It's so important. It's important to identify, identify quickly, invest in uh, those men who can, who God can use along with you to do what he wants to see you get done. Oh, yeah. Well, Thomas, we've had a good conversation and it's time, time slipping up on us. And, uh, but uh, we've talked about a lot of things. I wish we could talk even more in debt on some of these things, but uh, uh, we need to start wrapping up. And I want to give you a minute or two to just kind of uh, share your heart on men and uh, where you, what do you, what do you, what do you feel right now uh, that you would just like to share? And I'm, I don't want to pose a question to you. I just want you to share your heart. Sure. Well, you know, every question you answer, you answer, you answer based on the season that you're in. So uh, I'm, I am uh, 64 years old. And uh, I uh, have, we have three, four granddaughters, three children, and been married for 43 years now. So I can answer this question with a little bit of perspective. And what I would want to share with men is this, is that guys, at your, at your, you wear a lot of different hats. In the marketplace, at your job, you wear a hat. You wear a hat, I'm sure, in ministry as well. You have some ministry that you oversee. And you've got some other responsibilities that you oversee as well. But let me tell you something. Even if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor, we can go out tomorrow and we can find 500, we can at the drop of a hat find 500 guys who can do your job. But nobody can do your job as a dad. And nobody can do your job as a husband besides you. Amen. That's the, that that is the most important. And I'll add grandfather to that too. Although I do I do share grandkids with another guy. <laughs> Nobody can wear that hat. Don't ever sacrifice the things that somebody else can do. Don't ever sacrifice the thing that only you can do. I should say, for some for things that somebody else can do. But nobody else can love your wife like Christ loved the church. No one else can raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's your job. And I guarantee you, if you focus on that, you you will you will be you will be so happy when you get to that point in life where you look back at life and you realize uh, you you invested in the right things. Amen. Amen. You and I are about the same age, and 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 I can reflect and relate to that. One of the things that. Uh, it, I really encourage young men, young dads, young, young, young husbands, that, that your first ministry, your first mission field is right there in your home. And you need to be pouring into that bride. And you need to be pouring into those children and uh, helping them to understand what it means to walk in a biblical foundation with a biblical worldview. And uh, Amen. 
And that's that's very hey, important. You don't do it, somebody else will do it. It may not, be, may not be what you want them to learn. <laughs> they will it won't be. Hey, listen, one last thing on that. If I had three grown kids, I mm -hmm. asked each one of them at different stages in their life what was the most important thing I did for them. They all had the same answer. I love their mom. Oh, all man. had the same answer. Different times, different places. They all had the same answer. So that's it, man. That's, that's that's where we need to focus on, man. Amen. We need to get that one right. Yeah. Well, Thomas, you're coming to North Carolina. You're coming to Wilmington, North Carolina, on March 18th to be part of the Iron Sharpers Iron Conference here, uh, uh, to be one of the keynote speakers and do a breakout session. Then you're going you're going to be with me also in Kannapolis, aren't you? And uh, I am. I am. Yeah. And get a little tour of the state. Yeah. Yes. April 22nd and uh, do some breakout <laughs> sessions down there. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, go out there and cakefearmen.net, and you'll find out more about uh, about the conferences and, and uh, who's going to be there and, and all the information you need about that conference. So we're looking for But, Thomas, how would people get up with you if they wanted to um, uh, ask you to come to their event or to their church and, uh, and speak to their men? Absolutely. At this point, the best way to reach out to me is via the uh, thomas.mcmillan at ironsharpensiron.net. Um, if you're in Connecticut, if you're in Connecticut, you can also reach me at Thomas McMillan at maninthemirror.org. But outside of Connecticut, ironsharpensiron.net is the best way to get a hold of me. Okay. Well, that's great. Thomas, it was great to have you on. And uh, I look forward to uh, being with you in about a month or so, in a couple of months. And and uh, we will see what God has to do in North Carolina with the Iron Sharpers Iron Conferences that we're going to be doing. Folks, if you want to know more about K-Fear Men and what K-Fear Men do, just go out to kfearmen.net and, and look around at the site, and you'll see that what we, uh, we we provide for you, resources that we recommend to you. If you want to talk to me personally, you can email me at mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net, and I will be glad to respond to you with any questions, comments, or or any kind of interest that you may have. And I appreciate, appreciate uh, anything that you may have to say. And if you would... Leave us a comment. Give us a comment and tell us uh, what you like about the program and, and maybe even what you don't like the pro program because it helps us to, to better define the program to be able to provide you what you need and be able to bring you topics that you're looking for in these, uh, in these podcasts. And, and we Because we do want to help you be the leaders and the men God's called you to be in your respective area. So I thank you for listening to Intentional uh, Conversations with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cake for Your Men, a men's ministry coalition. And, uh, and But for now, I want to leave you with this blessing. I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on. He will give you a brook to drink from and a tree to shade you. So this is Mike Salmon with saying God bless. And I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversation with Mike Salmon. Mm -hmm.